0: say this top line is the best in the league? Yeah we are. Nice and Mac- oh captain
1: by captain do you know the way to San Jose?
2: Good morning good afternoon or good evening. It's time for NHL training camp and the Colorado Avalanche have finally told us who will be there. So it's time for the grand return of the Burgundy Radio and Steph. I'd like to welcome you back. Thanks for being here. As always, coming up on the show, who's at camp, what this COVID season will look like, and I ask the big question, why don't the Avs just let people follow their team? But before we play the whoosh, it's time to introduce the disembodied voices once again. Hello, Earl. How are you? I am well, thank you hello jackie how are you
1: i'm doing all right
2: gonna be good to have your voices back in my ears every week again it is gonna be that kind of season where things happen quick and fast and we'll remind you again later but you should pretty much expect this not every single week but close to it this season it's gonna be a wild one uh let's start with the win since it's been a while since our last planned shortened season i'm not sure But if I remember right, it started about the same time. Uh, Colorado opens camp, like, now, um, and there will be no preseason games. The league returns to action on January 13th, and fans in the building will be entirely dependent on what each team decides and what their local situation is, so basically what the NFL's doing. As of right now, there will be no fans in Denver. Um, And that could change, you never know. The season runs through early May, and then the playoff should only end like three or four weeks later than usual. It's a 56-game regular season, which balances out to about a game every other day. These are just kind of, you know, the the details that I, I learned today because I hadn't really taken the time yet. So if anybody else has also been busy and doing other things and missing it, well, you can help. you can catch up with me. Uh, Because of the quarantine rules of the Canadian border, we're going to have the the one time weird divisions, and they will all be divisional games. So that means, feel the excitement 56 games against the St. Louis Blues, Vegas Golden Knights, uh, San Jose, LA, Arizona, the stupid Minnesota Wild, and the stupid Anaheim Ducks. There's two ways you can look at this you can get excited, because that's a lot of teams who aren't very good, or you can dread the games against boring teams. Where do y'all fall? And how do you see this division playing out?
1: Well, Uh, I'm just excited it exists. (laughs) So I'm, you know, ordinarily, I I really like that every team plays every team. I didn't like when they cut off the Eastern Conference from the Western Conference. So uh, I'm usually a big proponent of variety. I like playing a lot of different teams as much as you can. And I hate a division-heavy schedule. So in normal times, I would hate this. But obviously, we all understand why they're doing it. And they feel that it's, it's better to group the teams together for safety and travel and this and that. And one thing that... Does make me feel a little bit more excited about it. It's just that it's different. It's not the same old Central Division and the same teams that we see all the time. So five out of the seven opponents that the Avs are going to have are teams that they've only seen three three times a year in the last couple seasons. So I think there'll be novelty in that. And um, hey, I don't think it'll be boring. Winning's not boring if the Avs take care of their business. And it should be a lot of fun. Plus, they haven't had the greatest success against California, even including last year when they were all terrible. So this isn't going to be just a cakewalk either. No, not
0: at all. And it's even more than 56 games because the first two rounds of the playoffs are going to be contained within.
1: Yeah, that too. It'll be like a miracle to get to round three and play somebody different
0: <laughs> right so it, it it it's more than just sort of a division it, it's really like a league um and then sort of the the four leagues will come together somehow for the last two rounds uh, lord only knows how that's going to happen but um yeah i agree with you jackie that you know the the division heavy schedules we used to get when we only played the eastern conference one game per team per year um you know that was that was not that great it, it, i i think the fact that it was like that every year is, is kind of what bugged me um but i do think yeah this could be fun um you know it's not like you're playing each team eight games in a row a little feel like that when we play minnesota <laughs> um you know, it, it's, it's a one time thing and it's just something we have to get through. I, I'd say the only thing that bothers me about this is, is being from the East Coast that the games are going to start pretty late. And, uh, I'm probably going to end up watching a lot of these the next day. Um, I
1: still and- hold out hope that because of the limited fan capability that they don't have to cater as much to what. A local audience would need as far as game time. Plus supposedly they've promised St. Louis and Minnesota because they're e- even worse off than us and their fans in the central time zone that they're going to have some palatable game time. So we'll see. I mean, we, we only know one game time and that's the first one, which is at 830 Mountain. So that one's yeah. definitely not helping anybody but I do hold out hope that it's going to be a little bit different i think they there might be more utilization of that late afternoon like 6 p.m. eastern 4 p.m. mountain time that that could help out like you said especially you guys watching on the east coast or other fans who are not going to be in the in the viewing area anyway yeah, I mean, I, I mean, 8:30
0: local is a lot to ask. I mean, I, I'm sure that a lot of people are looking at that first game. A lot of people who live in the in Denver and around there, they're like, you know, I mean, <laughs> we work. We want to go to bed at a reasonable hour. I mean, you know, a, a game that ends at around 11:30, you know, that, that's a lot to ask on a on a school night. So, um, I, I I doubt the ABS are all that happy about. It you Know having to do that a lot, um, so I, I do think that there'll be a lot of flexibility with the game times that they're just gonna have to figure it out. I, I think that's why we haven't seen um, any game times announced other than the first night. So uh, they're just trying to work that out and you know make something that works for the lead
2: team. What's rough on it for me is definitely also the start time, um, and as we talk about the eight thirty start for the ABS being rough, I mean that's against St. Louis, which is at nine thirty for their fans, and that team like just won a cup. So I mean we're we're looking at some roughness for everybody, and uh, and all the way around. So yeah. I I don't I don't want to get like too in in depth today on like scheduling and. Um, like more detailed, because we don't even know <laughs> more detailed kind of predictions like that because we're gonna have next week for that. Um, but just generally, like it, it, looks like there's a pretty clear tiering within what's uh, what's been called the West Division. And uh, if if you're like me, you probably think Colorado are at the top of it, right? I would say so.
1: I'd uh, say they're in that tier. Yeah, they they should certainly contend for the division title, but. I think um, Vegas it, it, and St. Louis will be right there too, though. Yeah,
2: I don't think they're a clear number they, one. I think they could be, but I don't know that they are yet.
0: Yeah, I I think there are fewer questions with the Abs than perhaps any other team in the division. Um,
1: yeah, I think I'd that's say with fair. St. Louis,
0: you know, you're looking at some changes that they they made over the offseason, how that's going to work out. Um, you know, Vegas is always fairly strong, so know it's a pretty safe bet they're going to be pretty close um yeah i think what what might be more interesting is how some of the what are perceived as as the bad teams are going to be like because you know usually league-wide there's always one team that everyone think is, thinks is going to be terrible at the beginning of the year and they end up you know at least being mediocre good enough to to make the top four in division
1: Oh, I think um, it's even more than that. Every year you look at the standings predictions, like in the newspaper or whatever, on all the w- sports net, blah, blah, blah. and it everyone's predictions are basically what the standings were last year. <laughs> yeah, and then and then you look back on that at the end of the year and you're just like, yeah, that is and you think every single year, oh, this year was crazy. This happened, that happened. It's going to be even more this year because you're going to have a shorter uh, season schedule. So any team that gets on like a hot streak like Buffalo in there, this might be the year that Buffalo's 10-game hot streak might actually get them somewhere because there's less time (laughs) for that to average out. And And then you're playing all the same opponents, so when you tend to play the same team all the time, regardless if a team's good or bad, it ends up going to more is splitting the series. So I think you're going to see a lot of teams that are considered, quote-unquote, bad who might actually make the playoffs in their in their divisions. Now, I don't think it's going to be like so bad that all the California teams make the playoffs. The Avs don't. I mean, that, that would be truly bananas, and that's not going to happen. But you have to wonder, are one of these bad teams going to, play some kids, get on, get on a little run, and it's just enough to get them in the playoffs. And then I also wonder about San Jose. I mean, they were in the Western Conference Finals, then they were terrible. Like, where's the real truth there? So that's one that I'm not completely just saying, oh, San Jose's going to be terrible forever, because they do still have talent. It's aging talent, and they're going to have big problems. But what they put on the ice a week from now, that that group could still win games.
0: Definitely. I I, I agree. I just don't find them as intriguing as, say, Los Angeles and Anaheim, because they they do have sort of an opportunity to to play a bunch of kids. Um,
1: If I was was going to pick one, I'd say Anaheim, because it seems like they've been building towards that for a few years. We know they have the goaltender. Their kids aren't all going to be necessarily that young. If if a guy like Zegra steps in and he's able to to make a little bit of a difference, that could really help. I think LA's kids are too far away. I Byfield and Turcotte. I don't even think they're going to be on the team this year. If they are, it's way too early for those two. I just I don't think their kids are ready. But you never know because right. Playing those young guys is such a huge variable that nobody accounts for.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. I, I mean, the, the the reason that we, you know, that the coaches hate playing young kids is they're unpredictable. But part of being unpredictable, is sometimes they're good. <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: Yeah. So yeah, you just don't know. Um, but I just. You know, if you're Los Angeles, if you're Rob Blake going into the season, um, you know, on paper, it's kind of a throwaway in a, in a short season at that. So it's a good chance for, for him to learn a lot about what he's got. <clears throat> so,
2: yes, especially you know, I, if you're I one think of these they're, teams, that's... they're more
0: of a wild card than than most people think. Like... Most people just think. They'll be the, awful,
2: yeah, especially for these teams though that are that are in that situation like that, where I mean they've aren't good, nobody expects them to be good now, like that that's where they're at is why not? you've got a short burst, and if if you're bad, it'll be over quick, and yeah, like, and
1: nobody'll see it
2: <laughs> exactly, <laughs> <laughs> not with their faces at least,
1: yeah. <laughs> Yes, you don't have to worry about attendance. You don't have to worry about it dragging out for 82 games. Exactly. Like, it. this is going to be the season to try stuff. Yeah. Well, or to just, you know, take outright if you're, you know, Chicago. Who, I think Chicago you, was going to be in a position where maybe they could try some kids and, and see what happens. I know, they like, the D's bad, the goaltending's bad, but the forwards yeah. were good, but then then you lose your top two centers. That makes it a little bit more difficult.
2: I mean, you can say the goaltending's bad, but I would ask what goaltending? <laughs> yeah. Because um, there basically isn't any. Um. Okay, so... Are there any other divisions that you think are going to be interesting to spend time pointing your faces at, other than the abses one? Well, I think of I'll course be watching
0: the-, the Canadian division a lot because <laughs> probably the Montreal games will be a, lot, a little more accessible for me than the Avalanche game, fortunately. But um, and and obviously that's that's going to be fairly hyped in the sort of the mainstream hockey media. Um, you know, I, yeah. I I think that that's that's an interesting situation. Um, just because you're. You know, you've, you've got some teams there that are going to be interesting. You know, Toronto's always going to be interesting. I think the Canadians, their sort of late run last year, and, and you know, maybe bringing in some, some players that could help them could be a, a good team. Ottawa, you've got the wild card thing with lots of younger players. Um, Vancouver, you know, that could be fun. I, I think that's probably going to be the division I spend the most time watching outside of our own. I'm I with think you, even there. as
1: a, a bunch of non-Canadians as we are. Is it is interesting, especially from a novelty perspective, to put all those teams together and see what happens. Plus, I think they're all sort of in the same boat. Like, how do you even separate in Edmonton, Calgary, Winnipeg, Vancouver. You know, they're all kind of in that. In that same tier, like a lot of people assume Toronto is going to be the best and Ottawa is going to be the worst, but I'm not so sure because, like you said, Ottawa has the young kid factor, but a lot of those kids are not fresh into pro 18, 19 year olds. They might play Stutzla as as their young kid, but a lot of the others have been in the AHL. Like there's some of these guys are going to be ready to go, and you've had Chabot and Kachuk who've already played played several years so I think Ottawa is going to be a lot better than people assume and uh, so for sure that division is going to be interesting I don't mind the central that one's really the mishmash one like it's kind of interesting that you have like Tampa and Carolina and then you have (laughs) yes like Columbus and Dallas and and
2: Central American City Tampa Bay
1: yeah (laughs) but you have the two teams that were in the cup finals, Dallas and Tampa Bay, in the same division, which it blows my mind that NBC didn't think that was interesting enough of a matchup to put on national television, and instead are putting Tampa against Detroit on national television. But, hey, I don't make the decisions. You'll We'll see what product that is when the time comes. But... <laughs> you definitely see a lot of teams that are aren't even in the same division aren't in the same conference and they're all together and I would like to see more of like Columbus and Carolina those are the teams that I think are decent and I don't see that much of so I think that's kind of an interesting division to me the East to me is completely boring I don't care I don't need to see it I' didn't <laughs> they're on TV too much as it is like Keep I was gonna say we're East. gonna
0: get so much of that you won't even believe it.
1: <laughs> I mean, do they even need to get on a plane? They could just get on the bus and all play each other. That if I was a player, that would be boring to me. My God, spending your entire year in the Upper East Coast? No, thank you. Boring, boring, boring. But not my problem. <laughs>
2: I am primarily outside of the West, also excited for the Canadian division, just for the full chaos reason that you kind of alluded to. Um, And that's where I'm at on it. Anything else on that? Or are we ready to to move on to some random ass news that dropped over the weekend?
1: Let's go random. Let's go random. Let's Um,
2: go random. Colorado versus Vegas. February 20th will apparently be an outdoor game. At Lake Tahoe? Which which sounds fucking rad to be honest. Not not the game, but the setting sounds awesome. Yeah. If you can't have fans were- in the building, there- then obviously you can't have an outdoor game in an arena. Maybe you can have use an outdoor game to um give yourself some, you know, eyeballs on something cool.
1: It was interesting how it's it's like just barely a month from now that they're going to pull it off. It's not something that has been planned and announced forever. Even though I heard rumors that the the people in the events department in the NHL, they love the outdoor thing and trying to think of a new way to present it, which I think people had complained that doing the stadiums was getting stale. And since they had to cancel the two outdoor games in Minnesota and Carolina. It makes sense. They want to do an event, but, they're, I guess they figure the ratings and just the media from it and they will be able to sell more sponsorships and things like that will generate enough money to make it worth doing it so I think it's pretty cool and it's cool that they chose the apps for it and it just speaks to the excitement around the team and everything like that so I think that's pretty neat and I don't think it'll be literally on the lake it'll probably be on the golf course that's just on the shore of the lake but it should make a really nice picturesque backdrop and with no fans we should be able to see different hopefully a closer camera angle some different things so i applaud them for trying something different why not in a year where you can get away with trying different things let's do it that's probably going to be the whole theme of like this podcast and for the whole year like embrace the different try something new and maybe you'll learn something
0: yeah i mean i I think the fact that there are no fans involved makes it easy for them to just sort of throw down a a rank somewhere and do it because you're not you're not having to plan logistically to have fifty thousand fans show up and need hotel rooms and restaurants amenities and everything like that this is basically they can roll in with a bunch of trucks um have enough amenities for the two teams and just go for it. Um, you know, I I think it'd be cool if if they thought about maybe doing this in the East as well. I mean, I I think it's kind of silly that you're you're having to fly a team from the East, fly two teams from the East all the way to Lake Tahoe
1: to do this. Yeah, and Boston and
2: Philadelphia, right, are playing on the twenty first, right. Exactly. Which
1: and at least that's a good matchup, or it should be. But it is.
0: But you know, I I threw out there like Lake Champlain, and if if you guys aren't familiar with it, it's it's a lake that's between Vermont and New York, and it it goes all the way from close to Albany all the way past the Canadian border. Um, and then someone else suggested you could have a game on the Canadian side as well, so you could have the Canadian who's playing nearby. Uh, some East teams, but you know, that, that's the kind of thing, you know, if they are able to pull something like this off with, you know, maybe six, seven weeks of of thought beforehand, you know, maybe we'll see some other, you
1: know, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think they're pretty good at executing that mobile rink or whatever that they've, they've created it, crafted it enough times and they know how to set it up and, with all the NHL safety standards and everything, as cool as like playing literally on the lake would be, it just makes sense that they need an NHL built rink, and for all those reasons. But um, yeah, if it if they pull it off and it works well, absolutely. Why not? Why not think of other places? I guess they didn't really even want to involve two other teams from the West, is probably why they're flying those Eastern teams out <laughs> because. <laughs> So who are you yeah. gonna pick, really? Yeah. The... <laughs> like Colorado
2: and Vegas is a good matchup. Colorado tends to rate pretty well when they have national games. Um, Boston, Philadelphia. Oh, again, I don't. It, I,
0: I didn't mean like two other teams from our division, but it's like you know you, you've got Dallas that's you know almost
2: They're as not close to as be the ABS.
1: Oh, Seriously. that's right.
2: They're also boring as shit. So, yeah, like give me interesting matchups <clears throat> here.
0: Yeah.
1: So um, yeah, if you're flying a team from the central time zone, well, then why not just pick who the network really wants and fly them in from the east?
2: Yep. <laughs> like if you're flying them in from outside of the area anyway, what what's the difference? Yeah. Um, but I think it's I think it's really going to be really cool and. I am looking forward to...
0: No, That should be fun, and it's probably the first outdoor game I'll look forward to. Yeah. Um, you know, since the first one. Um, the, the the first one the Avs had. I, I, I think we all a little bit soured on that, and then last year the fiasco... Yeah, just was just
1: like, bad whoa. all around. It was a bad game.
0: Right, it's just it sort of the time. thought of playing another outdoor game ever <laughs> is just no... Um but but this... you can't strand
2: fans on the highway for five hours if you don't have fans. Right. <laughs> and
1: it doesn't give yeah. them enough time to make another really terrible jersey. Like maybe <laughs> they'll just wear the reverse retros. That's that's cool.
2: So are just gonna put a really terrible that. patch on the jersey instead. But spoilers, we'll get to that. Um <laughs> We've we, we've got a lot of things to get into today. Um so let's launch from here into probably most of them because the training camp roster came out over the weekend finally and am i wrong here or on paper is this team like excellent because like even before the rookies that we'll talk about later just seeing it all down in one place like that was a mind exploder to me because the team was already so good last season and then just to look at it and go okay wow like this is this is a very competitive team
1: yeah they were good yeah. last year they they had as good of a chance as anybody they should this year and they didn't lose much they all they did was they lost the Dorov, which you know we've talked about that his pluses and minuses but but to get in sod and taze for not much else than that is is pretty exciting
0: yeah you look at that top six and you're you know however they end up configuring it in the end um you know those are those are six guys that can score and and generally get it done and they all have personalities and are fun to watch so <clears throat> um that's that's going to make for a lot of good viewing and then one of the upsides to that is now your bottom stick your bottom six starts looking you know fairly skilled and capable so um yeah, I mean that's you know that's a hell of a lineup, and <clears throat> it looks like Taves is going to be with McCarr, and, and we've heard Jared Bednar mention that on, on some podcasts and over the off season and whatnot. Yeah, it looks like that's going to be the case. Um, you know, I'm sure all the Graves haters out there are, are happy about that, but <laughs>
1: I think there's more Graves um, lovers now. I I, I think
0: really. I just yeah. Get so much hate about him. <laughs> it,
2: it, it's just that the, the the those of us that are more. Every time you on mention these, him, someone wants to trade him away. <laughs> well, see, like, part, do we? It's that we're loud. It's not that there's more of us. That's that we're loud.
1: Do we want to get into what the announced line combinations, and everything was, or are we just kind yeah. of more yeah, talking in general at this let's, point? Okay, let's do it. Um. So. The whole top pair Graves thing drives me crazy. Every time I hear that, it's like a stab into my brain. Like, he was not. Look up the time on ice. He was not. Okay. Like, yes, he played with McCarr a lot. Yes, they were out with McKinnon's line a lot. Yes, he got a lot of time on ice. He penalty killed a lot. He was not a top pair defenseman. He just wasn't. So, yes, the Avs love him and they gave him a lot of money, probably too much. But they saw the light. Bednar knew he is not going to keep up top pair level of play. Not that he was even that guy to begin with. So, going out and getting Taze and getting somebody that can play with Makar. Now, we all need to see him do it. I do believe in his ability and I've watched some games back and I think he'll fit in, but he also has to do it until he, until it actually happens. So, Hopefully that he's the guy that everyone thinks he is, probably will be, but that's the idea that he can be sort of that stable partner with Makar and they don't have to worry so much about Graves, maybe turning into a little bit of a pumpkin like he did in the playoffs. And we haven't heard the presser yet, the ABS haven't graced us with their presence on the internet yet, so... Haven't quite heard what Benar said about Graves, but some of the things we saw on Twitter, he alluded to kind of understanding that Graves turned into a little bit of a pumpkin and that they can't count on him for that kind of role, which is smart. It's good that they didn't just believe that they found this miracle and you're gonna ride with it until it falls apart. It's good that they went out and did something a little bit proactive, some, something they can start with day one with Makar. So it's a good idea.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I think part of it is also that Makar is going to keep taking steps forward. And, you know, even if Graves does, you know, stay the same, it's just where he was last year is not good enough to keep up with a guy that's going to get increasing minutes and responsibility. So it's like you you really needed to address that.
1: Yeah, like his best, we probably saw it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, you know, he's going to have more experience as he gets down the road, and that will always help a defenseman, but it just, as far as being able to keep up you know, sort of skill and situation-wise with what Makar is going to be able to do over the next few years, it was going to become an increasingly poorer fit. Um, And it's
1: good, you know you have it, that he can play with Makar. Something happens in a game, or you need something for a couple games, that's fine. You know that you can play him with Makar, and, and it'll It'll work
0: out. Yeah, I mean, it, it's. I mean, he's far from a useless defenseman. You know, he's a fairly useful guy, and even though he probably shot too much last year, at least a guy that that is able to get a shot towards the net as often as he did. You know, having that in your quiver is kind of nice, especially if he's on your bottom pairing.
2: And it's worth mentioning too that um on, on the he's not a top 1d angle like the abs don't really do traditional one two three four five six defenders either like
1: yeah we, i i completely agree with that that's another peeve i have like i understand wanting to label and to me i think there's top four and bottom pairing i that seems to be a re- a real split but When people want to talk about, is this guy a number two or a number three or whatever? Like, what's Byram going to be? Is what like does it matter? Just play these guys in the top four. (laughs) They're all going to be good. They're all going to get minutes. Like, yeah, I don't care what someone's label is or who's really the number one. Is it Sam? Is it McCarr? Because it could be different reasons. And is one thing. Other people's definitions another thing. Just the important thing is they're out there. they're getting the minutes, and they're effective. yeah it's it's an archaic thing, and the way that the abs mix up their pairings all the time in certain situations and this and that, it's like there's there is no set thing, so you're right the the labels doesn't really apply here either,
2: yeah.
0: I mean, they have you know three guys now that you can sort of count on to play a lot of minutes well. Perhaps a fourth joining soon. If, well, if um, they
2: can find space for him which we'll get to. Yeah. Anyway, uh, they're, they're, you're going to hear a real awkward cut there in the final episode because we lost Earl for a minute and then lost our uh, momentum entirely and weren't really sure where to go next. So we're going to just force our way into the next topic. <laughs> it's,
0: it's preseason for everyone.
2: I was literally about to say that. Um, <laughs> it's definitely preseason for everybody. Um, so, welcome back to Earl. And uh, are there any um, any other items of interest just based on the roster for you?
0: I, I think basically, I, I want to hear about what goes on on the ice at least for a couple days before zeroing in on on what may or may not be available as far as roles and whatnot. Um, and, and I think. You know, most of the lineup is fairly set, so you're you're just going to be nibbling around the edges, more or less, except for the Byram situation, and and even he's probably going to be nibbling at first.
1: Um, I think so, it's easy to focus on the top six and the top forty, and like yeah. that's that seems pretty. I don't want to say the word set, but it seems like that's the real thinking behind. Because it is true, we are playing a game in like 10 days. So they do have to hit the ground running at some point with like, this is what we're going to start with. So it was interesting that Burakovsky was on the top line. And then Saad, Landiscag, and Kadri on the second line. Which we all kind of feel like they might be better served having Landiscag on that second line. But maybe... I don't I, for whatever reason Burakovsky doesn't work on that top line. I don't think he's consistent enough defensively, and I think that frustrates Bednar, and he's he'll get moved off of it. But when he's going, he's certainly great on that that line. So maybe the thinking is to get him going, and if he can hit the ground running, starting with the first game on that line, that'd be great. But they have options; like they can mix and match those six any way they want, and have two strong lines. So that's great. I think Saad will play a lot up on, on that top line. Is what I really think it's going to shake out to be, but we'll see. And then yeah, the others, I- of course, we'll get into my favorite taxi squad rants later. But we'll see how much they really do rotate around those those thirteen forwards, eight defensemen kind of things.
2: Oh, uh, why wait? I mean, the the topics at camp are the same every year. You know, like, which, which rookies are you excited for? Who's a dark horse to make the team? But we, we have complications this season to talk about. Uh, one of them is the taxi squad, and just the details on that. Each team can carry four to six players who travel and practice but aren't on the NHL roster. If you're waiver-eligible, you do have to be waived to join the taxi squad. And there has to be three total goalies, at least, between the roster and the taxi squad. And you can call up a goalie in an emergency later than the normal 5 Eastern deadline on game day. The taxi squad players receive their AHL salary if they have one. And the cap hit is the AHL burial hit. So we'll see who joins the ABS taxi squad at the end of the camp. And I'm interested to hear how you two would use this new roster element and see if it's the same. Not not what you think the team will do. We'll get there. But what 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 do you think would be the best use of this?
1: Well, obviously, as an opportunity... I'd honestly
0: use waiver-eligible guys the whole time. Um, just because it's so, it would be so easy... If you had to do a move quick, you've got that. Um, you don't have to deal with waivers or anything like that. So if you're rotating waiver-eligible guys through your... You know, sort of 12th forward and... You know, 6th or 7th defenseman, that kind of thing um you don't have to deal with clearing that and i i know obviously once you clear you get your 10 games your 30 days or whatever i i think that might be prorated or maybe it's not i'm not sure Um i don't
1: think so yeah i, I don't, don't think that think is i mean a lot of
0: things clear. are this season but um but i i just think if if you're able to use waiver in guys um it 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 really makes it sort of like a part of your roster you know a, a a whole bunch more guys that you have access to um rather than than having to deal with sort of guys that are there just because you know you they don't need to play in the AHL and you just sort of need them for an emergency
1: well for me this is like the perfect thing it I'm really interested to see if this forces the ABS into some new ways of thinking, new ways of managing it because they have to use this. And maybe people aren't quite aware of some of the wrinkles of this is that the AHL, when it starts, it's supposed to start on February 5th. And I believe that they will have a season because they kind of need to. And the NHL needs them too. But the taxi squad will work as basically like the portion of the AHL that you even want to use. Like It was this in spirit all the other years is that there were the AHLers that are staying there. And then there's the AHLers that are actual NHL options. This just splits it off. This just says the NHL options stay with the NHL. The AHLers stay in the AHL. Because they're gonna have a set, have to quarantine for seven days anytime they bring someone from the AHL the taxi squad. So when they start getting injuries, or if they're, there's a big COVID hit and they need to backfill, they'll do that. But all those guys are gonna have to quarantine, sit in a hotel for seven days, and we know how the abs operate is. Those last guys in are the first guys out. They're, they're, they're the ones that haven't been around the team, haven't traveled, haven't practiced, blah, blah, blah. They're not going to be given consideration to play with the Aves. So the taxi squad is really interesting because it's big it, it's just making it obvious what, what what wasn't said in the past is these are all the guys that that are gonna get quote unquote call-ups and fill-ins and And it's even better that they can be with the NHL team, travel and practice and everything. And so the ease of using them is going to be even better because they are literally right there. So like what Earl said is that they'll be able to bank cap space because on days off and days that they're not playing, you don't need to carry any more than 20 on the NHL roster. You can send them down, quote unquote, just on paper, and then their cap hit doesn't count for that day. And you do that over all these days. Even cap-strap teams like Toronto, if you're not an LTIR, these teams are going to be able to bank cap space just because on every single day that you're not playing, you don't even have to have in a roster extra. And that's yeah. going to be a big financial help for a lot of these teams.
0: Well, I mean, the Avs are going to need that because they – you know they basically have enough room to carry twenty-one players, and if one person gets hurt, they can call up another
1: really cheap guy. Um. Well, everyone's but, cheap. Like all nobody. It, you're either on an ELC, which we know is cheap, but all these other guys that they sign, these AHL tweeners, they're all on cheap contracts too. They're all on seven hundred thousand dollar contracts.
0: Right and and so is Logan O'Connor. Um so it, that you know that those are your options but if if that, if you need another guy beyond that then you basically have to use LTIR if you're the abs. Um that's you know they, we haven't been close to the cap in a while. So this is something that we're dealing with for the first time since you know probably the last season. I think was the last time they were really close to the cap.
1: But if they oh. did, it probably would be short term. Not necessarily, they could get a long term injury. God, let's hope not. But they, they won't be, well, they, the they would need that long term.
0: If they have two more than two injured players, they have to use LTIR. They won't have cap space to call anyone up.
1: Well, it also depends when, and there's going to be a lot of financial gymnastics here that, and, especially every single day. I mean, you just bank cap space every day that you do it. Yeah. And so no, you're going to have you know, to. So the question is, are they even going to start with 23 and a full taxi squad? Maybe they no. will before the AHL starts just because like, they
0: can't 20, fit 23 guys on the, on.
1: Yeah, they could, they have 1.8 million cap space. That's with,
0: that's with 20 players.
1: Right. So you can carry at least 22. two others. Right, and then so twenty two would
0: be the max.
1: And then have a full taxi squad because, say, you want to keep a guy like Bowers around, which I don't think he's going to be up all year. But until the AHL starts, maybe he's a guy. He's either going to be on the taxi squad or with the ABS or sitting in a hotel in Loveland waiting for Eagles training camp. Like, which one's better?
2: Definitely not the second one. Like. <laughs> yeah (laughs) definitely not the second one
1: but like the whole oh we can just it's great we can send everybody the AHL like they're even further from getting in an actual game now like before when they were 40 minutes away and you could just call them at noon and they'd be there for the game which they didn't do for all these young guys now they have the hurdle of a seven-day quarantine in a hotel room. And I've seen people thinking that they're going to like trade out the young guys, like going to have Cowd on the taxi squad for a bit, and then Bowers for a bit. Like, Sure, they could do that. I think there might be a team out there that does that. This is not how the Avalanche do it. And they're certainly not going to do it when there's even more hurdles for them. So anybody that gets sent to the AHL, wave goodbye to them because you will not see them for the rest of the year. That's how it's going to work.
0: I wouldn't say that because I I do think you're going to have to replenish the taxi squad. You are, but on. that but,
1: doesn't mean they're getting in an NHL game.
0: Right. I I don't <clears throat> I, I don't, I don't like think it, it, the AHL is a complete death sentence, but you're right, it's a big hurdle.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they might come back, but they're they're going to be like the 6th on the taxi squad. And then once anybody else gets healthy or gets off the covid list or whatever, that's the person that gets mopped out. So anyone that goes to the AHL probably needs like twelve injuries to get into a game,
2: more or less. And like that's that sounds um, like doomsday ish, but more or less true. I mean, it's but, how it. But you're
1: before. you're going
0: on the assumption here <laughs> that. <clears throat> You're going on the assumption here that they're going to put guys on the taxi squad that they'd want to use long term.
1: I mean, yeah, that's like the point. <laughs> if if you're going to put people on
2: right, the uh, taxi I mean, squad I, that you don't want to use, then you're like, they're really putting yourself behind teams that are going to use it effectively.
0: Well, no one's ever accused the abs of being effective, in things like this. So,
1: I mean, that's who you're uh, going mean, to use. Uh, that, that's, that's the that's question. The, the, the but, question okay, is, I, I mean, I
2: think, like, I, I
0: think how think would you all come it? to the conclusion? Well, I, I think we've all come to the conclusion that like Hunter Miska is going to be the taxi squad goalie. I think so yeah. too, but we'll see. Right, and he's not a guy that you would want to start like ever, really. But but you know, like more than one game, you probably wouldn't want that. So that would seem well. To indicate... The
1: goalie thing, the goalie thing, is it's completely its own conversation.
0: I know, but it just I I think that mentality is going to work its way through a lot of this. You know, I could see the abs putting guys that they don't really want to play much, you know, sort of the in the past that would be, you know, sort of your Connaughton's of the world um, on the taxi squad mean, just for emergencies. Be... And if, you know, if it comes to where they're going to need somebody, they want to play more long term, then they might bring someone from the AHL and have them go through the
1: quarantine. I see what you're saying, but I just don't. They don't see it that way. I mean, it's like who are we talking about? You know, well, say like someone like Bowers. I don't know, but then if you have a long-term injury, they're not going to be playing him long-term either. So it's like, well, the I, guy I mean, if it's
0: choice between, let's say they'd know that like Salamaki could get them through a few games, but they wouldn't want him there long-term
1: but they wouldn't want someone younger there long-term either.
0: They'd want him more than Salamaki.
1: Okay. I don't know
2: about yeah. that. You definitely don't know about that. <laughs> and <clears throat> and maybe that becomes a, a topic at the, in our time when we talk about what's going to happen with, with count and with Byram. Um, right. And and, and th- this
0: is why, you know, I, I think we're all fascinated with the taxi squad because there is sort of a, a couple ways you can go about this. Yeah and all of them are fairly scary
2: <laughs> and I, I think it'll be uh it, it i it, it's probably not going to be like a major differentiation point between different teams but i think that you can definitely get an advantage based on using your taxi squad better than other teams and keeping guys on Absolutely. it that are that are not eligible for for waivers so you can basically have like a 28 person nhl roster maybe a thing that a lot of teams are able to pull off and manage the uh play time for their players who are Going to play fifty six games in four months,
1: right? Exactly. Like it's going to be such a tool for teams to take advantage of if they want to. There's either the financial advantage, and then there's also the advantage of being able to have a lot more extras. You you can have a lot younger extras. Of course, there's going to be some of those AHL tweener extras. The other thing is, is that if the junior leagues ever get going the taxi squad's going to be looked at as the AHL, meaning guys like Byram will not be able to be on the taxi squad. They're either going to have to be on the NHL roster or they're going to have to be sent back. So there's not going to be getting around that if they do play. But that's February at the earliest. So the good thing is is that this gives the abs no excuse to get rid of these younger players for at least several weeks because there's literally nowhere for them to go.
2: Yeah. The other complication to you know, this whole kind of conversation and speculation and stuff, like the other complication here comes from the Avalanche themselves. Not just because they aren't are when have they ever been known for doing things effectively or whatever. Um not not only for that, but They make it extremely difficult to actually, like, see camp, and this is where we're going to get unhappy, because there's a lot to love about this season. Colorado look excellent, they look poised to be, at worst, top two in the division, they can make a solid playoff showing and add new pieces to the roster, and yet, it's like they don't want the media to cover them. Also, the 25 logo is bad, get it off the jerseys, please. But the the main issue here is nobody is allowed to attend camp at family sports. And they'll only be at Ball Arena for one day, which is rough. So the kind of information we're going to get to to go on here on the kind of decisions that they're making is so limited.
1: It's going to be provided by the team. And yeah, we're at the mercy of, do they even feel like telling the truth or getting it out in a timely manner or providing it at all. And it is, it's a sad game of cat and mouse where it's like, don't ask, don't tell nobody asks the questions. Nobody's forthcoming with answers. So we all just kind of go in this little cycle of, of we're doing our jobs, but we're not doing anything. And it's frustrating. It's frustrating because we as fans have to go out and do a lot of it ourselves. Find information ourselves. And and then it's and then it defaults back to the team. Now the team truly is the iron curtain and they pick and choose what what we get to know or what we don't get to know. We'll see how it works. We'll see what they tell us. They, they supposedly they said everybody's healthy. Well, they hid Francosa's injury in the playoffs. They were supposed to say he wasn't practicing. He wasn't practicing and they never released that information. I've seen things like practice doesn't (laughs) matter, you know, it's boring, it's repetitive. But that's where we find our information. Everybody that goes on Twitter in the afternoon and is like or comes on Reddit or HF or on Discord says, What's the news? Well, who's in the lineup? Who's injured? Where do you think that information comes from? It comes from the people that went to practice and watched it because that's the only way that we know anything. And to take that away, yes, we understand we're in COVID times and this and that, but there are ways to do it safely. Let's just put it that way. When nobody's asking for safety to be compromised.
2: Yeah, but- We're not asking to put reporters in locker rooms. But there's no reason that you can't put, you know, eight people in the state, like all on opposite corners of the stands from each other and let them stand, you know, 30 feet back from the ice behind Plex and watch what's happening.
1: Right. Especially since this is a facility that's open to the public. If they wanted it to be, if they were concerned about safety, they would be doing this entirely at Ball Arena where nobody from the public is going to be there. They have public on their rink not even on the other one on the avalanche ice they have public ice sessions before and after every single avalanche session using the same benches using the same ice using everything ew so if you're worried about safety (laughs) and keeping the public away and you won't even let somebody watch from 30 feet away then like what are we trying to accomplish here Or, okay, if you want to say, you know, you want to keep the reporters safe, everybody safe, provide streams. Okay, so I'd be fine with that. I think all the media would be fine with that. Totally. Provide a stream at least. Let us see what's happening. Jared
0: Bednar would not be fine with that.
1: Well, other teams do it.
0: Right. All the flow of
1: information, things that we want is not something like pie in the sky, Gee wouldn't it be lovely if it's stuff that probably at least half the leak already does that all of us right. are just asking for right
0: but they we're looking at two different roadblocks here like some of this is just Jean Martineau being the way he has for years and years and years, and that's just sort of you know everything's on a need to know and, and we don't really need to know. Um, Plus, you also have Jared Bednar, who, you know, I I don't think he's paranoid about it, but, you know, he would rather not have just out on the internet and the airwaves sort of who's playing with who and, and what drills they're doing and sort of what their power play looks like, what their PK looks like. And I can totally understand that because if there's no league mandate requiring him to, you know, show what he's doing, he's not going to. You know, that any coach is going to be like that. But so, all that
1: stuff, I mean, it, if it's, you, it's
0: hard to balance that. If you um, tell people it, in
1: Toronto and Edmonton they, they you weren't just going to know who's on the power play, that would be 100% not acceptable. Right. It's it's part of the market. It's the don't ask, don't tell. It's that, yeah, it's this culture that Martineau and the Avs have brought from the Stone Age, from Quebec, that this is how you run the media, and it's freaking 2021 right now. You just you can't run it how you ran it in 1990. It's it's a different world. It's 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 if you're not providing it, fans will find out. It, it's just right, a right. game that if if they don't want to see who's doing the power play, people will find out. Like it's, <laughs> you can't if you are out in the world at any point people will find
0: out right but my point is is that i i think the deal with martineau is like he would just rather not have players talk to the media um at all much right the bare minimum
2: to keep your fans that's all he wants
0: right but right which is is, i i think more of the stuff with not allowing fans to see what's going on in the rinks that's coming more from hockey ops You know, I I think that's more like Jared Bednar and uh, that side. I don't, you know, I don't know
1: because that family sports is, is such a dump. Like it's not secure. It's not. They can pretend (laughs) because they're putting up the iron curtain that it's all the name of safety. That place is absolutely not secure. So if, if you're using that excuse, like I get it and I I do expect, respect and appreciate safety but it's not safe there like why aren't you doing it at ball arena is my question so it's just it's unfortunate that they don't see that this exciting team that so many people are talking about even nationally isn't something to celebrate isn't something to share with the world like we're not asking you to not do it on your terms but do something and they just don't they still act like it. They're doing all us, all of us, a favor by just showing up and playing the game. Like that's what Martin o, If he could get away with just turn on the TV, which haha, ha, that's another issue. Uh huh. Turn turn on the TV at seven o'clock, and you'll find out who's playing in the game. Like that's that's how he operates, and it's it. That's not how it works in two thousand twenty-one. Is people want information, and whether you like it or not, they're gonna get it if you play, if you're an active participant in playing the game, then you can manage the message. If, if you leave it up to everybody else, you're not. And it's sad that the, the local reporters here have all fallen into that. It's just, nobody wants to do anything. Nobody wants to step out of line. Nobody wants to go the extra mile. And this is what we're left with. It's, this is the one of the most exciting teams in the league, one of the most exciting teams that the avs have ever had and we knew nothing about them leading up to start to beginning this season and it's and it's like oh it was the off season. what do you expect? go on twitter and see what every single other team has done. go see what every single other team's reporters have done. it's out there. It's possible. And it's just it's sad. It's disappointing and of course it doesn't change the fact that I'm still going to be here every week talking about this team that I'm going to watch every single game, but it does take away from my excitement. Like I want to have fun and enjoy and appreciate these guys and get excited just like everyone else. And we're not allowed to do that.
0: Yeah. I think that's, that's the main thing that we're, we're kind of being robbed of uh, during this preseason is that, you know, we really do want to get stoked about this. I mean, yeah, the, the off season is at a weird time of year and it, it honestly hasn't been all that long. Um, but it's just we're we're not we're not allowed to really enjoy a lot. And you know, maybe this changes maybe over the week that you know they do come through and, and you know, show a bunch of pictures of what's going on in the ice and even,
2: the, even that even that doesn't of, do it. A you know, decent height material. Even that doesn't just, do it. it. It's because it's, it's coming yeah. from the lens of the team's perspective, that there, you absolutely cannot take anything that gets put out at face value because it's always at all times marketing, and that's fine. That's what that's what they should be doing, but like you cannot trust that any of it is, is accurate. And that that extra bump from um, from media folks going, "Boy, this kid looks awesome," or "Boy, McKinnon is really bringing it." You know, Miko looks great. The, this is the kind of free pu- publicity that not finding a way to allow your media to stand on the opposite corners of ball arena for every day of training camp not allowing that you you rob everybody like, you rob us of that you rob yourself of that it's right let well, it's us just the love media you. too
0: it's it's not just the media you know it's i mean preseason to me i mean there, there are parts of it that are you know you you think about like Dario going to every practice and tweeting about it and Jory when she used to do it too. I mean, you know there are a lot of just non media people that would go to all the preseason practices and and it would just be a tweet storm and and you know everybody would have a different view on things and be watching different people, and you really get a a great picture because it, it all came together at once and
1: well, yeah, it can't matter that's there's, that's the there's... tough thing
0: to lose
1: there's so much you learn from camp because you see all these guys you you see like count in an nhl context you see Byron in an nhl context or even some of the guys that nobody cares about anymore but you see the truth and you you learn so much and yeah it's it's a shame that it just none of that exists and okay as we sit here sunday night recording this okay abs prove us wrong give us content, give us some streams, give us more than just the bare minimum more than just eight pictures taken through a fuzzy lens and your your afternoon practice recap, like give us more than that. It's possible it's 2021. Let, let's, let's think outside the box and do our jobs. But you know, we'll see
2: if COVID is going to take us out of the building which it's going to there shouldn't like it shouldn't be open to folks like dario right now like i get that but give us streams hello that's extremely yeah. cheap to do you can use gear you already have and an internet you already pay for and
1: and, you're and done. why are you using a public rink i don't i don't get that like i one hundred percent. They attack. forgot to
0: build a practice facility. <laughs> oh,
1: <laughs> see,
2: there, that's the thing, though. In the uh, in, in ball arena, there is a practice facility where you can go, you know, shoot it on a basketball goal. They forgot to put the hockey <laughs> in. That's what it is. So, anyway,
0: yeah, I, I was thinking about this the other day. You know, obviously hopefully this is sort of the last season we have to deal with, with a, a pandemic like this and these conditions. Hopefully. But,
2: <laughs> Good God.
0: Yeah, I know. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I would think that this, this sort of shows the need that the abs really do need to get that practice facility that they've been talking about for 20 years built and then move away from boards.
2: Mm-hmm. That would help them on many levels. Um yeah. So I think they
1: would still just have it open to the public. Cuz it makes funny.
2: Yeah. Yeah, but you wouldn't have to if there was like, you know, a highly contagious respiratory plague going around. <laughs> then you could choose to not have it open to the public right then. <laughs> so, is that is that over with? Is that out of the way?
0: Yeah. All right. I've gotten it off my chest, yeah.
2: So then, since we, with with all these caveats, which is not how you say that word, wow, um, regarding how much information we're going to actually be allowed to know, what do you expect to actually happen to the taxi roster? Like, where, where in this NHL world do you see um, the most exciting new names ending up? That being Bowen Byram, Martin Cout
1: I hope so. I really, really do. I... I'm not going to be okay with it if neither of those two are on the, at least on the taxi squad. Like, I understand everybody's healthy. They have 12 NHL regular forwards and 6 NHL regular defensemen to play. Like, I get that. I don't expect Ian Cole to get scratched or Tyson Jost to get scratched for either of them. And that's fine. But things happen and things are going to happen relatively quickly. So I'd be shocked if we're looking at sitting here in mid-march and count and Byroom haven't played a game. They've been on the taxi squad sitting around the whole time. Like it's just not gonna happen. There, there's gonna be an opportunity or hell, you can even wave Cole. Nobody's gonna take him put him on the taxi squad and play someone if you if you absolutely need to, but they won't. They're not going to need to do that. Like you like we said, they, they have enough money to have two extras on there. If you want to play Byroom, you can. So that gives you the flexibility. The taxi squad, as long as it's done by 3 p.m. Mountain on the day of the game, you can activate somebody. And they'll be ready for for the game that night. Um, but other than that, you know, we hope to see, like, Timmons and Bowers would be nice, even though I think they are going to use the he-needs-to-play excuse. Also, there's going to be vets, like, they, they wrote down Shearwood as their 13th forward right now. Like, why? He hasn't even played that many NHL games, but sure, whatever. Or Salamaki. You know Gilbert, they're going to give a look. I think they're going to give Burrows a look.
2: Denise Gilbert.
1: I, <laughs> I expect to see all those guys. I mean, I hope we're done with, like, Drys and Tynan and Magnet. Like, it's just so worn out. Just, no, don't don't keep any of those guys around. <sighs> I understand they're going to want to look at the new guys. As long as it's a mix of those, and they they've done what they need to do with with the young guys being around, then I th- I think it'll be a good mix too. Like I understand you're not just going to have all prospects on your taxi squad, but but the prospects that we're expecting isn't just for like experience and to make us feel good. It's like these guys can actually contribute to the NHL and win. So that's what they should be doing.
0: Uh, For me, I I expect Byram to be on the roster. Um, Not Taxi Squad, not AHL, not WHL at all. Um, I I expect him to be on the Avs roster from day one and and playing regularly.
1: You think he's going to be the 7th D then?
0: I think he's going to be more than that.
1: (laughs) I mean, I think he can, but... There's a lot of bodies to get
0: through. I, I, I don't know how you can go through watching the World Juniors like we have been and and have any doubts at, at what he could do for
2: you. We're going to talk a lot um, more about that next week. Um, a little right. bit a little bit in a minute, but they can look forward to, to a lot more talk about World Junior next week after it ends. It's still ongoing now. Um, I yeah. think,
1: think the best case scenario is if they keep him on as the seventh. I don't think they'll have to to begin with, though, because... Because... If there's no WHL, then he can be on the taxi squad. And then they don't have to pay him NHL money. Like, he's still there. He's yeah, but you, still you're going
0: on the assumption that they don't want to play him. <laughs>
2: yeah? <laughs> it, it's not that they don't want to play him. It's that they want to play, like, nine different defenders. Like, everyone's
1: I, healthy. I, I don't know. I mean, we'll see. I want to see the real context to how Bednar talked about him. And also, if we ever get a real report, the other thing is: is he going to have to quarantine? Is he going to have to sit around for a week? Probably. So now he's playing till Tuesday, unless they send the jet up to go get him or some figure something out. Well, he's well, going to have jets
2: out the wazoo. They can go get him.
1: Well, until it happens. If, so if it you
2: suffer from jets out the wazoo, call Earl Jackie <laughs> and Stuff LLC, and we will help you sue.
1: <laughs> okay so now he can't even get out of his hotel room until the first game of the season like he's not playing that day
2: you better jet him so, in like you better jet in. it's it's you cannot do what gave... ottawa did to a him in.
1: right like i that doesn't make sense to me either like what why do you want this guy to sit around for a week if you don't have to i it makes no sense to me but we'll yeah, I mean, see who gets jetted would. in if anybody does
2: but <clears throat> if he doesn't, then that's a sign for what their plans are. And if he does, maybe it is, maybe it isn't.
1: Yeah. If they jet uh, him in, then yeah, he might play opening night. Or he if might not. not. You can't really
2: tell. If, if, he's if not, not, he's not going he's to taxi. play
1: opening night. Yeah. Which, like I said, I'm okay if he's on the taxi squad because he's there and he's available and they can work him into the lineup. But no matter know, it's, of whether it's, they
2: it's, actually will. Before Eric Johnson's knee (laughs) explodes. Um, Martin Kout, I I think the taxi squad is probably going to be where he finds himself uh, starting things until we start getting some injuries in the forward core as well. Even though he definitely, I think, deserves a spot in the roster. I I don't think it's like a giant L if Kout bounces back and forth between roster and taxi like it might be for Bohem Byron.
1: I th- I think yeah. I'm I'm going to be on record saying it's fine for either. Like, th- they have to be in the, on the taxi squad. Now I will hear no argument that either one of those needs to go to the AHL. there, Absol- there no. will be zero argument. Absolutely that they, not. Either one of them. <laughs> and those two are the ones that were playing. Has, has Bowers played a game since March? No. Has O'Connor played anything since the bubble? No. Has Timmins played anything since the bubble? No. Like, why haven't those guys played this fall? So. A guy like Cout, he has been playing. He's been practicing. He's been in game shape. Like, he's the guy you should be playing. What about all these other guys that have done nothing?
0: I don't think Kiefer Sherwood played any
1: games either. No. <laughs> Keith, or right, Sherwood, or these other guys that are sitting around. So, I don't want to hear the game. They need to play games argument. Like, Byron and Cout are the two that are the most game ready out of anybody that's going to be in that camp.
0: Yeah. At this point they, you know, they they're more game ready than they need to be. Um They're
2: they're more game ready again, probably I, I think... than Ian Cole, than yeah, Ryan Graves, than and any of the NHL defenders who have not been a playing at World Junior, they are probably conditioning-wise on the level or better.
0: Not Sam though. <laughs> Sam. Sam's oh. still Number one.
2: Yeah, I mean the Avs don't have one through six D. They have Sam through and then two through five D.
1: Well, right. you know, I'll co sign that. That's fine.
2: Uh, but
0: I I see I see uh Cout Cal- as a perfect guy to have on your taxi squad because of the waiver eligibility. Yes. Jump back and forth. Keep him on uh taxi right up until what is it, three o'clock your time, five o'clock my time. Mm -hmm. Um, you know just sort of max out the amount of cap you're saving which is weird by the way that's not great for his salary
2: why is the call-up deadline a set time a day because it's like when Uh, it
1: counts as a day like
0: that's when they turn the fax machine off in new york city
2: (laughs) i mean that's my question right like why isn't it like i don't know like game time minus two hours or 5 o'clock local time? Like, why is it 5 Eastern? Like, a a team that's playing at 6.30 Eastern has a lot more last-minute wiggle room than a team that's playing at midnight Eastern because they're on national TV in in California.
1: I guess. I guess it's just a way to account for, like, a day. Like, a day's worth of
2: It's
0: like a It's like a fiscal day. (laughs) A fiscal day?
1: (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, I can see the argument that you're at 10, you know, 11 p.m. Eastern because you're on the West Coast. Like three, <laughs> Five Easterns are really not relevant to you, but yeah. teams are going to always have to have one extra guy on game day. You just should. You didn't, it's going to happen. You know, it's going to happen in warm-up. You don't know. Someone's going to get sick at the last minute or whatever. You should always have one extra guy. There should be no excuse for that.
2: Yeah, well, this right. team doesn't believe in carrying extra people on the roster, so... <laughs>
1: you're, well, you're going to see and a and bare bones sure they actually have an
0: excuse because they really can't afford to. I you're, mean, it, you're going to see a best case scenario is for them to carry 20 guys.
2: Well, they're going to carry the bare minimum they have to and then the maximum taxi squad. And we all know it.
1: I don't even know if they'll do maximum taxi squad. But if you really are. Gonna yeah, I don't carry 20 or 21, <laughs> You probably should at least have on the ta- taxi squad, because if you're at 20 plus four taxi, which includes one goalie. And you're only gonna try to have three extra players that would be a little sad which would uh, also be more difficult to carry the young guys but we'll cross that bridge but we do still need to discuss this goalie problem because yet again it seems like they've set themselves up for goalie problem and i well, even I mean, said misca is
0: fine you know it We've seen plenty of goalies play this role throughout the years, even beloved Spencer Martin, who who sat behind the bench opening the door for many, many, many games and yet never played in one um, during the loss season. Um, you know, I, I think that's sort of the role they envision for whoever the taxi squad dude is. It's just He is your emergency goalie.
1: Which and... is fine, but that guy's going to end up playing at some point. Yeah,
0: probably. Like not if the other guys don't get injured all the time like they have for the last two years.
1: Okay, like so why would you count on something happening that <laughs> hasn't been happening?
0: <laughs> well, I mean, I you know, we've talked this to death, but it's just I, I mean, what more could they have done? I, I don't think I wanted to see them retain Michael Hutchinson. You know, who would seem to be a fairly good candidate for this role.
1: Okay, um, would you rather see Hutchinson or Misca in a game? And I don't hate Miska. I think he's, to me, he hasn't completely crossed the threshold of just, like, never going to happen. I think there is some talent there. He's not ancient. I'm not going to say he's a prospect, but I'm not going to say he's, like, washed up into that role yet. I think there's a little bit of ability to squeeze out of him, but do I necessarily want to see him start for like two weeks? No, but I get no. That would never happen. Nobody's third goalie you don't want to see start for two weeks. This is the regular argument that always happens when we talk about third goalie is nobody's third goalie is fantastic. Nobody wants to see their third goalie play, but it's crazy to me for a team that wants to win the cup, thinks they're a contender that you're trying to squeeze the best you can from every single roster spot from you know it's the excuse why the kids can't play because we're trying to win a cup it's the excuse for everything else like buying at the deadline it's like yeah third liner is not going to move the needle but we got to do it because we got to have just that little bit extra depth to make that little bit extra difference because we're gonna win a cup. But then when it comes to the third goalie, it's like, yeah, whatever. The guy's a bum regardless. We'll just keep whoever around. Oh, surprise. He actually has to play. Oh, he's playing in the playoffs, which has happened two out of the last three years. And for more than one game. You know what why are you why are they just so cavalier about that position? It doesn't make sense to me.
0: Well, because the up the only upgrade they can really make is to get someone that's waiver ineligible and good enough to be that third goalie and, and that just doesn't you know, that, that comes from drafting and developing.
1: Okay, well we know that part's never gonna happen. But so yes, the, the teams that have the best third goalies are the ones that have a waiver some decent prospect. So that right. that's not gonna be happening here, but why well, sign over?
0: Ferner like, is okay, and then we'll have Ananin later. So I, mean, I don't know I, if they're good. To enough me, to be those are those me. are your best options.
1: Um, Maybe and, and like Ananin could be available this spring when Finland's done. I could see that as their strategy, but like,
0: but even past the spring, I mean, next year.
1: I don't know if either of them are going to be ready for the number three. I just,
2: who, who knows.
0: The fact of the matter is, is the only thing that they could do to upgrade the third goalie position, you know, you could get some guy that has to clear waivers and maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. Do you know how they are about waivers? They don't think that, you know, so a good yes, goalie is going to... So yes, thanks Leafs,
1: because you had two goalies taken on waivers once. Now that means that they are scared to death to send down yeah. a replacement level goalie who... So it's better to not sign one and to not have one at all than to have one and to have the very slim chance that somebody's going to take him on waivers.
0: Right. It's better to need and not have than to have <laughs> and not need.
1: My, so, I just don't yeah. think they were that cavalier with the
2: goalie this, this offseason because I, I think there wasn't a better option. This is a hole they dug before that before this offseason. And this is a conversation well, we had I on mean, the obviously, Um, I really think that well, if the you best go out option is you get lucky.
1: <laughs> one of the first guys I mean sure at this point if we're talking about today what goalie can you sign yeah there's nothing if we're talking about the beginning of the off season when teams are trying to get rid of goalies with the cap and this and that that could have been an option it could have been an option to sign some of the better third goaltenders you know Ryan Miller was out there he signed for one million dollars you know there's they it's could like have had Ryan Miller no
0: easy. Option. I mean, I'm sure Ryan Miller would have been dying to take the third goalie job with the Avs. But it's just, you know, obviously they didn't look at that as an upgrade. You know, well, they, they didn't gonna... <laughs> consider that situation viable. And it's just, uh, you know, I'm not defending their logic. I'm just saying that's, you know, this is what their thinking is.
1: I mean, if they're choosing to roll with Miska, then roll with Misca. The worst thing would be, to make another dumbass trade just for some guy because he's cleared waivers to get somebody in. That's not any better than him just because the guy's cleared waivers. That's what I don't want to see because no, it's not going to be Josh Anderson that they're using for. It. It's going to be, it still has to be something that has value and for them to dip into that, just to do this yet again for the third freaking time in, <laughs> in the last year, not even talking about when they had to go out and get Barra and everything else. It's like you just can't keep bleeding assets to do this. Like because you could have just signed him. Like the, it's not like something that doesn't exist out there. It yeah. it makes no sense to me. Like the only thing that makes sense to me is to snag somebody's three that is trying to get past their waivers. Like our good friend goalie Giant mentioned, like Stolard for him. yeah, that a third that's... goalie for Anaheim. Like he's a decent he's better than Miska, you snag him on waivers, he doesn't make that much, you keep him on your NHL roster, because it doesn't matter, because the guy has to practice and travel and everything for you. So, you that's how you get an upgrade, but, you know, you're playing with fire. I guarantee you that three is going to play. And it's not just, oh, hey, if Frank and Groovy get hurt at the same time, what if COVID takes both of them out? Like, hello? It- <laughs> 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 going to happen? like you have to think okay well what if we wake up one day and we're told hey these eight guys are not playing for the next two weeks then what you have to Punch. think about that
2: maybe, have to play there. maybe we should find a new topic before we put more evil into the universe <laughs> it's almost like a
0: football team not having any quarterbacks that I would know. never happen
1: <laughs> Who could have thought of that? So, yeah, your, your three is playing in a, in a season regardless. I, they played a guy who was in their four who was injured in a game. They played a known injured guy in a game because they had to play him. Like, of course, they're going to play misguet. It's going to be more than once. So if that's the bet you want to make, then fine. But
0: strangely enough, he was the only goalie who didn't play last year.
1: <laughs> I bet he played. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's
0: probably going to change. The used five goalies, but Miska was not one of them.
1: <laughs> I really think
2: they're just stalling until the time when justice can be served. Um it's just a matter of when will that be and will it ever come? Um cuz cause, cause like, cause like you're right. The the only thing that really fits this role is somebody that's de- a development goaltender. And yeah. That's, that's where they're at, is their development goaltender still, you know, in Finland being Finnish.
0: Well, and they do have the other development goaltender who's close by. He, you know, obviously he'd have to wait through quarantine if he was playing for the Eagles, but um... Well, we'll
1: see who they keep. I mean, may, maybe they end up keeping Werner. I don't know. Maybe. That'd be we'll weird. See, I, but... I, would
0: definitely, I would definitely put Miska on the taxi squad and put Werner with the Eagles And if, you know, if something happens and, you know, you have to use Miska, you know, hopefully it's just in a mop-up game or something like that. But then you can say, all right, we're going to call up Werner and put him through the seven days.
1: Sure. If you know a guy's going to be out for a while, I mean, you're going to have to do that anyway.
0: But. And and here's a question, like, let's say these guys come up with some vaccine like we've heard talks of um what does that do to quarantine and and i know this is a question we can't answer but it would seem that if if a guy is vaccinated then you're not gonna have to wait through quarantine to go from the ahl to the taxi squad
1: i guess we'll see but i, I really don't think that's gonna apply for the regular season because it's only through april I, I don't know. I guess it's possible if if they say, "Hey, this whole team's been vaccinated," or I mean, you've got to can get both
2: doses of the vax. So that takes a month. And I mean, yeah. and and apart from that, it's a that it's about protecting you. I don't really know like, a, if, if you've been vaccinated. Can but, you still carry the virus and shed it? Like that, right? I don't think they're they going to change that protocol that no matter what happens. Okay.
0: No, I mean, I I, I just don't know because. You know, you would think that that's something that maybe teams are investigating.
1: I think, I think, if anything, it would give them more peace of mind knowing that this guy's not gonna, you know, be sick. But like Steph said, they also still don't know. You you still have to follow the protocols because you don't know can that guy still get everyone else sick.
2: Right, so. and, it, and it's not just about, oh, all the abs have been vaccinated. It's like, okay, well, now they're going to go play Vegas, or they're going to go play Minnesota four games in a row. you
0: Because know, that's fun.
2: Maybe, maybe the Wild haven't been vaccinated yet, cause the, so <laughs> you can't have your protocol fall apart for that. Um, but if the protocol ever does change, you know you can find out here. We will talk about it. That's what we call a fake ending. We're not done yet. <laughs> Psych. Because we can talk a little yeah. bit about World Junior so far, too. Uh, so, what's going oh on up boy. there? I, I, I had every intention to watch some of those games, and then I started doing other things, and it just never happened. So, I, I'll leave it to you, Amateur Scouts. We're down to the semifinal. We'll get a lot more into depth on this next week after it's happened, and we can kind of, you know, talk about what different teams have done, and what the the whole full repertoire from certain players, but specifically with, with Monday and Tuesday's games, which Avs prospects should we be pointing our eyeballs to?
1: So we still have three Canadians and one American, that which is what we started with. And good fortune for us, they all made the final four. Um, so for the U.S., we have Hellison, who uh, he started him as a depth D, like he started as the seventh D, but he has worked his way up. He plays with Sanderson now. We kind of splits. He split the pairing a little bit more, but now he he's. So it's a good thing he's improved. He's kind of got his foothold in there. In the, I don't want to say top four because they do really spread the minutes on their D out, but as a, one of the regulars anyway. And he's played well. I think he has three points, two goals, and an assist, which is it's pretty good production for, for a guy that's not known for it's his more offense. like one
0: goal, one lol goal. and
1: <laughs> <laughs> But he being more aggressive offensively, which is nice to see. Um, He's still sometimes the puck skill. You're like, yeah, that probably didn't work. But um, it's been a good showing for him. And you especially like to see a guy that moves up the lineup. You're always happy to see that. Um, with Canada, we had our three. So Justin Barron is in this, sort of the same role as Hellison. He's third pair guy. Um, but he's been solid in that role. From beginning to end, which is pretty good for a guy that a lot of people didn't think was A gonna make the team or B was going to be one of those extra defensemen, but uh he has two points, I think. Um so he's contributed. He's I talk about a lot about how he kinda reminds me of Graves, which I don't say that's an insult. I I know that it might sound like I don't like Graves, but I do definitely see the value that he brings, and I think it's nice to see Barron in that role. Because I think on Halifax it's different because he's the top guy on a not-so-good team with not so much talent. It's good to see him in this role as a third-pairing guy with a lot of talent, forward talent around him, which is probably what it's going to look a lot more like in the NHL. And I think he's been really solid, Um, really happy with his performance there. Then Newhook has been sort of the second line they shuffle their forwards around a lot but he did get hurt in these two games ago so he missed most of that game he got hurt early on and then he didn't play in the quarterfinals we think it it's just like a sprained shoulder or something nothing major he did skate this morning while the rest of the team had the day off so i think it's possible that he plays in the game so i think he'll he'll be all right um He's played well as well. I think he has 5 points. I don't remember if it's t- maybe two goals and five points something like that. And he's he's done really well with like carrying the puck and and using his hands at the net front. He's sort of a spark plug kind of guy. He's not an energy guy, but just kind of the pace and just the the skill he has always seems to bring energy to his line. And so Definitely for a guy that was snubbed last year to have that kind of role where I'd say he's definitely top six, is has been encouraging. and He's he's get, definitely got a little bit of that hero magic, so hopefully he can play in the semi because I think he might have a big goal in him. And then our shining star, Bowen Byram, has been the man for Canada with Tons of other, almost entirely all first-round picks, but he just keeps getting better and better himself. Last night, scored a goal. It, um, the three-to-nothing game. He's named Player of the Game. He played 25 minutes, which is absurd in a tournament. I mean, with other first-round defensemen on the team, he played 25 minutes. Plays every single situation. He's been physical. He's been moving the puck great. Just everything you can want from him. He's, I, it, All the announcers talk about this guy's a pro. He's ready for the NHL. Just everything. I mean, he's been so good. and In a lot of different ways. I could go on and on. I know I've already gone on too much, but um, <laughs> he, he also has... Uh, he, he deserves uh, it. Yes. <laughs> he has uh, God, I can't remember. I think Four points, one goal, and three assists. So uh, he's contributed, but none of their Ds have a lot of high point totals. I think he leads the team in, in D scoring from D and everything. So so anyway, we're hoping for big things for the last two games. So uh, it's going to be Canada-Russia in one semi and U.S.-Finland in the other semifinal. And I expect it to be U.S.-Canada. In the final, but I think Russia's really good. So if Canada loses to Russia, I know everyone's going to say like, "What a massive disappointment in this and that." But, but that that's a real that's a great A matchup right there. So anything could happen.
0: Yeah, it's going to be two good games. Um, just to echo your sentiments on our our guys, I I really like the way Baron improved throughout the tournament because, like you said what what his role is in Halifax is really different than what he's playing now and what he's playing now is probably more akin to what he's going to be doing in the NHL. Um, and also, Halifax's coaching staff is probably not the greatest to, to learn from defensively from what I've seen. Um, I, I think he's sort of expanded his game a bunch. Um, and I know a lot of people don't notice what he does, but I would say, like, just short of Byram, um, he's probably one of the best passers as far as defensive and outlet passes in the defensive zone. Um, he's very smart with the puck. He has good vision. <clears throat> um, a lot of people are going to look at how he defends one on one in front of the net and say, like, oh, he gets, you know, gets beat outside and stuff like that. And that's just that's the that's the toughest part of defending for for a young player any player and yeah you know it's like it, it when he makes mistakes that's what you notice but when he makes good plays they're 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 fairly innocuous so you, you don't notice those as much until they go awry but i've really enjoyed watching him over the the past week or two um and i could say the same for hellison i didn't get to watch him as much cuz their their games are on way too late for someone on the east coast like me but um you know seeing him move up the lineup like he did was really nice i i think what he brings is something the us team was really lacking last year and you know they they seem to be a little bit more complete with a guy like him on the roster and that's kind of good to see um new hook he was real rusty at first um you know the poor guy you know didn't play for months and months he came had to quarantine for two weeks and as soon as he gets out of quarantine the whole team goes out into quarantine for another two weeks so it's like he's been he's been kind of screwed on that but
2: playing lots of mario um, kart or whatever he does in his free time
0: right exactly so it's you know you see the rust but you also see the flashes of what he he brought to boston college last year and you know, I, I think it's probably going to take him a, a month playing in college to get back, you know, really into a groove. Um, but, you know, that's fine. We're, we're sort of looking at him towards the end of the season, maybe signing with the Avs. And either joining the Eagles or the Avalanche, depending on how things go. Um, and, and Byram. Um, I mean, <laughs> listening to guys like Ray Ferraro and, and Craig Button just marvel at him is is fun just you know just to hear guys fawn over a prospect like that because he has been pretty much far and away the best defenseman i've seen throughout the whole tournament for any team um you know he does a lot of things The, the 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 system they play really doesn't feature defensemen well i mean they're kind of like pass it back to the point so the defenseman can shoot at somebody's leg, and, and we'll see what happens.
2: That kind sounds of familiar.
0: Offense. Yeah! So he'll fit right in. Um, but his goal last night, oh my god. I mean, that was just so fun. Bar down, middle of the ice. It was so sweet. It was like Shirley Manson was singing it. Um, it it's, you just watch him throughout the tournament. <clears throat> and, and I have no doubt that he could be he could be a, an impact player in the NHL very rapidly, um, and I I would guess that the Avs are probably thinking the same because I just I, I don't know how you could watch someone play like that in in this situation and we've seen in the past the way McCarr and Timmins really kind of made their mark in this tournament. Um, you know, Byron's doing the same kind of thing and, you know, it, it, it would be really nice for, for Canada to seal the deal and, you know, he wear the, the captain's C and whatnot and raise the trophy first. Um, I, I think that would do a lot for his bona fides with whatnot, but I regardless of how it turns out, um, I, I just think that, that. Sackick and Bednar have been watching this and been really impressed
2: and then you may have heard um, that Newhook's injury was like looked like a collarbone or some shit on Twitter and that's why we don't listen to Twitter doctors
0: yeah because you can tell a collarbone's broken like pretty much from 10 feet away and they would have never let him go
2: back out <laughs> So, anyway, uh, it's a little bit of World Junior hype, we'll we'll talk a lot more about like the whole tournament in general um, next week, um, because we are 10 days away from playing games, and we're going to be playing 3 or 4 games almost every week, so we're going to be giving y'all new episodes of Burgundy Radio pretty much every week, uh, with a couple of exceptions, one of those exceptions is going to come after the first 2 games, because it's 2 games, Um And then there'll be another week off that we'll take in the middle of March. I'm not really sure which we haven't settled on which one yet. That depends on capital T things. Um, But it's in the middle of the really dreadful part of the schedule, which we'll talk about next week when we talk about the season and the schedule and and all kinds of stuff. But it's uh, it's like just a murderer's row of teams that are going to put you to sleep. But anyway... um, (laughs) We'll, we will definitely get to that. Try not to
0: think about that. Try to be positive about it. <laughs> yeah,
2: it, it, they're going to put you to sleep because you have to kick the shit out of them so thoroughly. That's how we're going to have to think about it. Because <laughs> if, if you're like me and you're like, boy, this is an unwatchable game, even though they're winning, it's going to be pretty yikes. Um, <laughs> but we'll get through it together. We will we will make each other laugh and we will draw people holding signs and say this game sucks and it'll be great. All right. What have we not talked about today? Because we are completely out of time, and we need to get to it right now. <sighs> not hearing a lot of
0: suggestions. I don't want to bitch about the logo, but it's it's
2: awful. I mentioned it. Yeah. I, I don't want to sit here and do a pixel by pixel breakdown of why the twenty five logo is bad. But you could do that. Yeah. I, I have evidence to prove it. Did we? And-
0: no, jacket props anything? to everybody who got their jerseys before they put those
2: on yeah totally you've lucked out there
1: <laughs> yeah oh can you hear me there you are I was wondering uh, yes I know I I thought it wasn't well just to say about the logo is it's not even a matter of like taste or what you like what's aesthetically <laughs> pleasing it's like once it's been Professionalism. Pointed out that, that yeah that literally is design professional did not make this logo then you're just like well it's kind of hard to look at (laughs) (laughs) it's not about taste it's about like who made this did they seriously ask the social media team to make their logo that's on everything the ice the jerseys everything
0: and the tough part today was showing the players going through media day, getting their their mugshots taken. And you know, I I don't know, like maybe they just pinned them on with a safety pin or something. But it <clears> like <throat> it didn't look like it was in the same place on every guy, and it it definitely didn't look like spatially it fit really well with the rest of the jersey. I remember
1: the twentieth <laughs> <20th> anniversary <laughs> logo was super big too, but. So I, mean, I don't know you can't what make it tiny there. so you can't read it, but
2: yes, it's not about the size. It, it's about that it looks yeah. like you've everybody's number twenty-five now.
0: Yeah, it's a mess. There's only one twenty number twenty-five, and that's Logan O'Connor. But that's he's right. the only one in our hearts.
2: That's right. Well, whatever they end up telling us happens at camp, you know, you can find out here next week. Uh, we'll get into a more detailed breakdown of what the season's going to look like for the Colorado Avalanche. We will know who's on the taxi squad,
1: I think, at that point. Is that true? Am I telling lies? Uh, I think in a couple days before the season they have to. I don't know if we'll know by our show. They might have to do it that Monday, but... Ooh, that would be ugly. Well, we'll figure it out.
0: I think we'll probably have an idea of how things are going at camp. Definitely. Time, the media blackout. Yeah, by so then they will like have had that. their one I think one we'll day be able to speculate better, at
2: least. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Better speculation. There you go. Uh, slightly more informed speculation coming at you next week. Keep your head up, get to the dirty areas, and we will see you then. That's
1: gotta be it. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> oh you're back. You're back. I'm yeah. back. Nice.
0: So Apparently it's not my device, it's my internet. (laughs) Did that just cut off in the middle of what I was saying? Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, the last thing
2: that you said was that the abs (laughs) have three guys who can play big minutes and maybe four maybe a fourth coming.
1: Yep. And that was it. Steph said, and then Steph said, yeah, we'll get to that fourth, and then you're like, and that means or something like that, and then it was just like nothing.
2: And that means no one gets to know what it means. Okay. (laughs) Damn. God, I went
0: for that. For probably two minutes there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, can, you can have it, and you can take, a, take the floor. Oh, I, I can't redo things like that. it's just—it's—it's got to be from the heart and in the.